everyone, it's Matt Anderson, and you're listening to the Proximity Process Podcast. This show, it's an invitation into a growing community. It's a conversation about how systems change actually starts with personal transformation. The change that we want to see, it starts with us. All right, so today's episode, this week's episode, is a journal episode, and uh, you may hear it in my voice. I'm still not feeling 100%, so if I sound a little congested, that's why. And I am uh, sitting in a hotel room. I'm looking out over the beautiful skyline of Oklahoma City, and I'm actually here to do some work this week with Keith Howard, who's been a guest on the on the show, and um, actually referenced some of my work with him on a recent episode the episode on going from lens to mirror, the book, The Four Pivots by Sean Ginwright. So I'm actually going to refer back to that a little bit today, this, this lens to mirror idea. But the topic of, of what I wanted to talk about today is CAPTA. So CAPTA, Child Abuse Prevention Treatment Act of 1974. I'm sure most of us listening here are familiar with CAPTA and probably familiar with the conversation that's been happening around CAPTA to repeal and or replace parts of CAPTA. And so I wanted to, to dive into that topic. I think it's a really important conversation to have here on the, on the proximity process because I want to think about CAPTA as a, as a you know, landmark piece of child welfare policy from this lens to mirror perspective. You know, policy work is often lens work, right? We're often looking at policy through our lens, through our, our analytical, critical mind of what's working, what's not working about this piece of policy. But I want us to, in this conversation, just try to, to, to think about CAPTA from a, a mirror perspective. In other words, let's be more reflective. How does it make us feel to imagine the idea of repealing a policy that's grounded in child abuse prevention? How does it feel to think about the idea of repealing and or replacing a policy that was intended to keep kids safe. So that that can be a challenging feeling to have to deal with. I think for me, it's it, it is challenging to to think about this idea of well, maybe maybe this policy isn't keeping kids safe in the way that we would want to, and maybe there are other ways to imagine a world in which kids are safe and we're investing in the well-being of parents. Kids are safe and we're prioritizing the integrity of family and keeping families together. Kids are safe and we're, we're using our federal dollars to directly support parents and families and communities. So CAPTA set in motion in 1974, did a lot of things that, that have shaped, I think, our child welfare system today. So when we think about mandated reporting and investigations and sort of the legal, the court side of the child welfare system, certainly removals and placement into foster care. You know, CAPTA plays a a really, really important uh, role in this history. And it it came at a time, too, that was interesting in the late 60s, early 70s, where there was a lot of debate from a policy perspective of what should we do with welfare? You know, how should we be investing into families that are living in poverty, marginalized, historically marginalized families, families of color, communities of color, what should we do from a policy perspective to alleviate poverty, essentially? And there were a a lot of proposals on the table at the time that that, um, ultimately didn't get funded, but instead what did get funded included CAPTA. 
So rather than investing in the well-being of families, we invested in a child protective system. And I think that's where we talk a lot about conflating neglect for poverty. And I think in, in large part, that's where that started. CAPTA, I think, set in motion a lot of where we are today of sort of grappling with our understanding of poverty versus neglect. And so I think CAPTA is just a really important piece of policy from that perspective. And part of what prompted me to have this conversation was last week, the 50-year anniversary of CAPTA. And so there was a Hill briefing that was organized by the Repeal CAPTA Coalition, which is, I think, largely led by JMAC for Families, Joyce McMillan. So um, that coalition organized a briefing on Capitol Hill where they were able to lay out some of the history of CAPTA, where it came from, how it came to be, as well as some of the challenges that it's brought to communities and families over the decades, um, particularly Black communities, Black families, historically marginalized communities. And just as as an example, you know, one data point that they brought is that 53% of all Black children by the age of 18 will be the subject of a CPS, Child Protective Services, investigation. You know, I'll, I'll end with sort of where to go to get more information on, on all of this. But one of the main proposals that, that they laid out at this briefing is that what if we were to move funds from Title I of CAPTA to Title II of CAPTA? Right now, most of the money is allocated to more of the CPS side of the policy, but there there are dollars that go into community-based programming, CBCAP. And, you know, their proposal is let's move more money into CBCAP and then ultimately increase those funds up to $500 million a year. And, you know, that would do a lot of good. It certainly wouldn't be everything that's required, everything that's needed in terms of investing in, in prevention, investing in families and communities, and really supporting the well-being of, of families, reducing the impact of poverty on families. $500 million is, is not going to be enough, but it's going to make uh, a difference, and it's going to make a signal that we want to make a shift, right? We want to move from a system that is more grounded in judgment and punishment to one that is more grounded and understanding and love and compassion and support and prioritizing keeping families together. So I think if nothing else, it's just a signal to this direction that we should want to move in, which is to to invest in families and communities. But to put money into CBCAP, to put money into that kind of a program that allows states to have more funds to direct to community-based organizations that are already in and of communities that are being over-surveilled and impacted by the child protective system and can support all kinds of things, you know, can support the affordability and availability of, of child care, could support family resource centers where, you know, families can have concrete supports, economic supports, needs met. There's a move towards guaranteed income that is starting to hit child welfare, you know, so more direct cash assistance to families living in poverty. So these are the kinds of things that if we made more money available, states would have, you know, the opportunity to to invest in. And I think from, you know, to kind of come back to this lens to mirror perspective, the question that always comes up for me is when we look at the child welfare system as a whole and the, you know, 34, 35 billion dollars annually that's invested into the child welfare system, you know, the vast majority of that, 80 to 90% of that is all on the back end in terms of paying for foster care. And, you know, 10 to 15% of that 
$35 billion or whatever the amount is right now is invested into upfront prevention services that would support families and keeping families together. So, you know, budgets as moral documents, right? I mean, it tells us where our values are. Our values seem to suggest, or this seems to suggest, that we're more comfortable making an investment into foster parents as opposed to parents. And I think to to look at CAPTA from that perspective of what does this tell us about us? And what does this tell us about what we're more comfortable with? You know, why are we more comfortable with 80 to 90% of our money going to support foster parents as opposed to parents? I think that's the the question that I want to leave us with, because that's the question that that I was left with as I was thinking about what the repeal capta coalition is is proposing. Is why why am I more comfortable being part of a system that is valuing foster parents in the system over parents themselves. And so that's the that's I think where I want to leave this episode. That's the question that I want to leave us all with from a more of a mirror perspective. But a place to go to learn more is just simply repealcapta.org. So this website is the Repeal Capta Coalition's website and has a lot of information about their their position and their proposals. And I think it's just a good resource to to go to kind of take a little bit of a, a deeper analysis into the opportunity that I think that that this presents for us to really think deeply about some of the policy history and current state that holds us in, in place with our system today. So I'm going to end there. As always, thanks for tuning in. If you want to join the community, join the conversation, you're invited to the Proximity Podcast Club. It meets every Monday morning at 9 Eastern. There'll be a link in the show notes to my LinkedIn page and just message me there and and I'll get you access. We'd love to have you. Of course, before we end, just a, a special thanks to the team, Michael Tex Osborne at 14th Street Studios, Evan Scherer for production support, and Christian Heigis for original music. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time.